horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Road Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mounds, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and back roads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen. Season's greetings to you. With me is Nathan Miller. He's our new producer. He's on the beat, and he certainly is the guy who's going to keep us in our lane. Today, we're going to travel to Tacoma, Washington, to Point Defiance Zoo and Aquarium, a unique place for all those who love the wonders of nature and love at this time of year the wonders of a fantastic program it's been going on for many many years called zoo lights how extraordinary is it this year and i think it's more than ever before they boast over 800,000 lights illuminating the zoo at night wow we are going to talk about that, how Zoo Lights got started, what it has to offer you. It's well worth the trek to Tacoma and Point Defiance. This is American Road Trip Talk. We'll be back with the interview right after this. At last, the holidays are here, and so is Ridgeland. Shop, dine, celebrate, and immerse yourself in the spirit of the season. The Ridgeland Retail Trail has a gift for everyone on your list. So wrap it in Ridgeland and book one of our special sleigh and stay hotel packages. Learn more at visitridgeland.com. Hashtag visit MS responsibly. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days. And I want to bring attention to a life-saving product called Alert Drops. Drowsy driving is one of the most catastrophic problems in America, and alert drops will stop it. Kids studying in college, drinking too much caffeine, overloading on these energy drinks, they end up in the hospital. Alert drops will stop it. What is alert drops? Alert drops is a simple spray on the tongue made out of citric acid, sour lemon, and water, co-created with my uncle, Dr. Henry Heimlich, creator of the Heimlich Maneuver, who said, Anson, alert drops will save more lives than the maneuver. Whether you are driving, whether you're studying, whether you're just a tired mom, whenever you need to be alert, get alert drops. A simple spray on the tongue, nothing in your system, and you're naturally awake, naturally alert. It's scientifically proven. It's doctor approved. Again, it's natural. It's been honored by the United States Congress. Go to alertdrops.com. Very important. Go to alertdrops.com and stay safe. Ready to shake things up? Try Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to American Road Trip Talk. Tessa Miller is a former TV news producer at Fox 13 in Seattle, and she has been with the Point Defiance Zoo and Aquarium as the media relations coordinator for two years now. On her days off, she enjoys skiing, hiking, and hanging out with her golden doodle named Cooper. Busy as she is, Tessa Miller took some time out to talk with us on Trip Talk. Welcome, Tessa. Tessa, we're glad to have you with us. Thanks for having us. I'm so excited to talk about zoo lights and the zoo today. Well, beautifully. Well, you couldn't have picked a better subject, Tessa, because I can remember going to Point Defiance Zoo and Aquarium, and I can't recall exactly what the circumstances were, and this is many, many years ago, other than to say that there was some bad weather coming in, we got some snow, and I didn't make it there, and how many times have I kicked myself since that I didn't make it to that fantastic traditional display this time. I think you've just you've taken every light in Tacoma and repurposed it. Over 800,000 lights illuminating the zoo at night. 
Tessa, tell us about Zoo Lights, perhaps the history of it, the sense of wonderful tradition, and what it is you have going on now, because it, I think it was at the end of November it started, and it will run through January, too. You're exactly right when you say the word tradition. Zoo Lights has been around for 34 years, and we have some classic displays that have um, been there for all of those 34 years. Our, our flame tree, one of the most iconic uh, Zoo Lights displays, has been there for 33 years. And that tree alone has over 33,000 lights on it. It's incredible. And we also have other displays throughout Zoo Lights that are new this year, like a tunnel of lights and some butterfly wings that light up. And it's, you know, just the perfect place to take your family to get into that holiday spirit. I just went with my family last weekend, my parents, my husband. We had a fabulous time. You know, I, I worked there, but I still wanted to go. That's how fabulous it is. I can well understand that. And it seems like every year, the crew that puts this together, we need to give them some mad props for all the creative work they do. They come up with something that is nuanced, or maybe it might be a new concept in kind because it's been going on for years, in order to invite people back looking for something new, something different. And I also imagine, Tessa, that that people go there and can experience the wonderful effects of technology as it continues to improve for these presentations. Of course, it's, it's incredible how much work goes into it and it's our maintenance and our operations team. They become the Zoo Lights crew as soon as October hits. October 1st, they start setting up for Zoo Lights and it takes them about full two months to set up all of those 800,000 lights. And every year they're just adding more and more displays and they are the creative minds behind it. They have their own shop where every year they're up there thinking of what can we add, what can we do? We were talking earlier about the Kraken, the Seattle Kraken. They added a new Seattle Kraken display um, to go right along with our Seahawks display. And you're right about the technology too. We've changed over to all LED lights, which has helped immensely save on our energy bill and energy footprint. So they're always working hard all year round to see what we can do to make it better every year. Tessa is making reference to the Seattle Kraken, the brand new entry in the National Hockey League. I happen to be wearing a shirt. I mean, we're on the radio and podcasting. You wouldn't see it, but I swear I'm wearing it. Friend of mine came all the way down to where I live near Tampa, Florida to catch a Seattle Kraken game because he just couldn't get a ticket locally. So he flew down here for Thanksgiving weekend to see the game and spend it with myself and my partner, Susan. Suzanne, that was a lot of fun. And that leads me to ask you, Tessa, when we talk about the Seattle Kraken, there is a way in which Zoo Lights honors this inaugural season for this NHL hockey team finally in Seattle. Yes, we have these Kraken hockey sticks. So they're hockey sticks that are lit up in blue and green, and they're on top of one of our old aquariums right next to our giant Pacific octopus Zoo Lights display. And so it's just a really wonderful way to honor the Kraken, welcome them to the area, welcome hockey fans from everywhere to Zoo Lights. And it's a really awesome new display that our crew created for this year. And this is one more way to be current, to keep things current, because around Puget Sound, Seattle, Tacoma, places in between and all around, there's always something happening. It's one of the most vibrant areas in the entire country. Why shouldn't it be a part of Zoo Lights? That's only fitting. As a matter of fact, Tessa, let me go ahead and, and throw in a quote here from Zoo Director Alan Varsic. 
The gentleman said, we are thrilled to continue the longstanding tradition of zoo lights for our community. Our staff loves seeing the holiday joy in our guests year after year. I'm sure you see a lot of the, now you've been with them two years, but I mean, the, the old pros there must be used to seeing people returning. They bring their kids and some of them bring their grandchildren and having told them about what it was like when they first experienced zoo lights, this becomes a family tradition. Exactly. And it really is that it's such a great family tradition. I love walking around, seeing the smiles in everyone's faces. The operations crew, like I said, they work so hard every year to put this on that all of them agree that it is so worth it every year. All of the hours that they spend in the rain, the wind, the cold, to put those lights up. As soon as they see all those families enter the zoo, smiling, looking at the lights. And some of our people on our operations team have been working on zoo lights for 30 plus years now. And they get to bring their grandchildren now and, and to this tradition that they've been working on for so long. And it's, it really does just bring us all so much joy to see people come year after year. I'm sure it does, and I am pleased to say, and I think everybody who might contemplate either making a, a trek out to Tacoma, or of course, if you live somewhere nearby or within the Tacoma city limits, you know so much about it already. I'm sure almost everybody is experienced who, who lives in that area. What I love though, Tessa, is that there seems to be a commitment to keeping the prices, and this is in a sudden era of inflation we are enduring, but nevertheless, it seems that Point Defiance is determined to make this family-friendly in every way, including friendly to family pocketbooks. Definitely. That's something that we consider every single year. We want to make this something that families can continue to you know, keep in their traditions year after year, and that includes keeping the prices affordable. So it's not going to cost me 50 bucks to come through the gates. No, it is not going to cost you 50 bucks. Maybe <laughs> you uh, have a large family or I don't know. But um, here are the prices. Let me get, pull them up for you here. Um, oh, one second. I'll have to find them. Well, it seems to me it's like about 12 bucks to go yeah. in. And of course, some people are members and good for you to support the Point Defiance Zoo and Aquarium. Good move. It's a big part of the community. And so this is one reason why the prices are kept low, but you get a little bit of a discount if you are a member. Definitely. And memberships are something that we always push hard because we, we love our members. We want to keep our members year after year as well. So we, we do give them a little bit of a discount every year um, on Zulite's ticket. So here, I just pulled up the prices, just so everyone knows. Monday through Thursday, general price is $12, and on weekends, it's $15. If you remember, that's $6 on the weekdays and $7.50 on the weekends. So I would say pretty affordable. So you can go at the right time and pay half price. Yeah, yep, oh. $6 on the weekdays. And I will say our weekends are selling out fast, so weekdays pretty soon will be your option to go to zoo lights. You know, Tessa, I wanted to ask you about the zoo aquarium complex, and I will get to that in a moment, but let's, let's get people fired up here. You've got a 33 year old purple and green flame tree. And that is what exactly? <laughs> it's purple and green lights on a, on a tree that's in the center of the zoo. And it's just been around for 33 years, like you said, and, has over 33,000 lights. And it, as soon as you walk in the zoo, you walk into our main plaza and you look down, you see 
this bright purple and green tree and you can't miss it. This is really begging the question, but it seems to me the way that you have the displays set up there and it's it's meant to be experienced on foot. You're walking around, you're having, you drive there, you go in there, you see these glorious lights. These would be some great selfie opportunities, probably at every turn. Yes. And you, you asked earlier, you know, you have, you're trying to stay relevant, right? With the times. And so that's something we think about every year too, is, you know, people love to take selfies, right? And they want picture perfect opportunities. And so uh, this year, the Armenians team created these butterfly wings that light up and they change colors. And they're, it's absolutely the perfect place to take a picture. And the wings can even open up and spread apart. So if you want to fit more than one person in and take a family photo, you can as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a walkable experience and there's picture opportunities everywhere you go. There are other familiar favorites. Of course, you've got to have a Seahawks tree. And yes, then, of course, go Hawks. <laughs> and true to the, the glorious legends of the region, there is Sasquatch, a 23-foot high Mount Rainier goes along with it. But now Sasquatch, I mean, what's with the Sasquatch exhibit? That's where I would want to take the selfie right there. I know that's true. You don't believe? I am someone who maintains an intense curiosity about it. I haven't really landed on one side or the other of that. And I've heard people with all kinds of backgrounds debating that. I like to think that it's possible. But if there is a representation of a Sasquatch, there's going to be a picture of me next to it. I can guarantee you that. Yes, believers or non-believers, Sasquatch is there for you to come come see. He, he is at Zoo Lakes. <laughs> and uh, Mount Rainier, as you mentioned, is also one of our, our fan favorites, this beautiful um, blue mountain. We have the two narrows bridges as well with sparkling um, blue lights under it that look like water. It looks like cars are driving over the bridges. If you're not from the Northwest, it's one of our, uh, two of our iconic bridges here in the area. And then I save this for last. There is a 100 foot giant pink and orange octopus. Tessa, if I told people I went and saw one of those, they would accuse me of making too many trips to a local dispensary. <laughs> yeah, so our giant Pacific octopus is on top of our old North Pacific Aquarium. And it, it is so large, if you said 100 feet, that it just sprawls across the entire building. And it's really a sight to see. And it's also one of those first things you see when you walk in. Um, and it's so big, it takes five crew members of an entire day to set it up. It, it's incredible stuff. I've seen some of the pictures. The Tacoma News Tribune did a nice spread on it and had some glorious pictures there. Wow, it's exciting to look at that. It evokes the season in a unique way. And it is so, I think you'll agree with me, it is quintessentially Pacific Northwest. When you're standing there, you're walking around, you know you are in the PNW. That's a great point. When you walk into the zoo, you, you not only see, you know, the zoo landscape that's beautiful, but you look out and you see Puget Sound from the zoo entrance. And you can see Mount Rainier on a clear day right there in your face. Um, so it is very much so a Pacific Northwest experience. We're talking with Tessa Miller, who is the media relations coordinator at Point Defiance Zoo and Aquarium. She's been on that job for two years and counting. 
I wanted to ask you, Tessa, about, and, and now we're getting really into, we're, we're getting into the philosophy of the place, if you will. And that is the idea that you manage a zoo and an aquarium in an integrated way. I thought I would ask you about this because, for example, I've made a few trips to the San Diego Zoo, world-class, everybody knows that. I've also made my share of trips to SeaWorld. I got, of course, the original one in San Diego. I live two hours from Orlando, Florida, so you can go up there and visit the Florida version of it. But it's unusual to me, it may not be absolutely unique, but it's unusual to have a professionally managed large scale zoo and aquarium in order to present this to the public and you get the best of land and sea. That's a bold endeavor right there. So we are the only combined zoo and aquarium here in the Northwest. And so it does um, make us you know, stand apart from the rest. And I won't say it's a challenge, but it's definitely, you know, everyone is working together to run both the zoo and aquarium. And, and it's so exciting to be able to offer that. Um, you know, we hear families all the time say they're little, they're, they're younger kids. Their favorite thing is, you know, seeing the sharks, but then their older kids, their favorite thing is seeing the tigers. And it's just such a great thing that we can offer that, um, both of those experiences to everyone. Right now, um, we we have two aquariums. One is temporarily closed as it's going undergoing renovations, but our other aquarium is pretty new. It's a couple of years old now. It's called the Pacific Seas Aquarium, and it is an absolutely gorgeous, state-of-the-art aquarium that has hammerhead uh, sharks and green sea turtles, and as we as you mentioned, a giant Pacific octopus. You not only can see it on the Zoo Lights display, we also have one in our aquarium. Mm. Um, so they're really, it's really awesome that we can offer both of those experiences. In terms of the, the management of it, in working with people, it, it seems to me you've got a wonderful challenge. It's a, it would be a dream job for so many, Tessa, because you're representing to the public the, the virtue, and there is a civic virtue to a zoo and then an aquarium, and you bring those together. How, as far as you can tell, with all that you see, and then you, you're the media relations person, so you represent it to the public, how is it that they came together to make this functional when a lot of people in this country, I mean, I think of all kinds of zoos I've been to or read about, they would choose one or the other, but to tackle both, wow, I mean, I can just imagine if you didn't have the right personalities doing work professionally, you could get into some turf wars. Yeah, so I will say, I don't know how we came to having an aquarium. I think, I'm pretty sure the aquarium's been around for most of our 116 years. Um, it just originally started a little bit down the road, but um, we have had an aquarium for a very long time. Um, the zoo's been around, like I said, for 116 years now. And we hire people that are just you know experts in their fields and experts working with these animals. And I did not come from a zoo background before I came to the zoo two years ago. And I have been just wowed by the amount of care that they give each individual animal. Every animal has an annual wellness checkup, if not more times than that. Um, they're checked on daily. Some animals have cameras on them nightly to make sure that they're doing well. Um, and the aquarists, they not only you know, care so much about our aquariums and the animals in our aquariums. They also are doing dives out in Puget Sound, checking on animals, helping with research out in Puget Sound. Um, and so it really is a 
you know, a whole experience for them and they, they care so deeply about their work. I can well imagine. Tessa, tell us what is in store because we're coming up on the end of the year here. What is going to be new at the zoo and aquarium come 2022? So we are opening what is called a pollinator garden. Um, it is our old camel yard and it's going to be a great place for kids to come and learn about different kinds of um, pollinator bugs and the plants that attract those insects and they can they can play in there and read all these different signs and so that's going to be a very very exciting thing that we're we're looking forward to in 2022. When I hear you talk about it, I'm mindful of an issue that not many years ago was highly controversial and with good reason. And this also goes back to the trips I made to Point Defiance. It's a beautiful thing to see these animals protected. They receive good care. But what I don't see, and I guess I'd have to admit I'm kind of relieved, what I don't see is really any emphasis, certainly not a heavy one, on turning these creatures, Mother Nature's creatures, into performers. And you know, the business with SeaWorld and so forth, we don't need to get too much into that. But there's a point at which you have to decide, how are you going to present what it is that you wish the public to come and see on their visits, hopefully many visits. And it seems to have nothing, as far as I can tell, to do with turning them into performers rather than being seen just being themselves. Definitely. We like to say that the animals in our zoo are um, ambassadors for their wild counterparts. So they're teaching people that come to the zoo about how you can help their, their wild you know, cousins um, survive their habitats, what you can do to re you know, reduce your footprint. And um, as an example, I, I believe there's only about 375 Sumatran tigers left in the wild in their home habitats. And so when people come to the zoo and see our tigers, you know, they're keepers around answering questions, giving chats, telling people, you know, about um, reducing their use of palm oil and um, cutting, cutting down trees, deforestation and stuff like that. And so we don't, we don't think of them as performers at all. We think of them as, um, you know, these, like I said, ambassadors for their wild species, their wild counterparts. Now, with that said, Tessa, and this goes back way, way, way before you became involved, with Point Defiance, I still remember the time I went there, and I don't know if it's still true. When you have the seals and the walruses, did they have the same habitat? Is it kind of a shared environment? So the seals and the sea lions sometimes will share an environment right now. Um, but to your point, like in our um, zoo's Asian Forest Sanctuary, we have five rotational exhibits, and we allow some of the species to share exhibits or otherwise they will rotate from one to the next the next day. And that's just to give them that stimulation, that mental stimulation um, that helps them in zoos. And, you know, if a tiger wants to go to an exhibit that a porcupine was in the day before, now they smell the smells of the porcupine um, and they get to explore a different area. And so we're very conscious of giving them those opportunities. Well, thank you for that. And the reason why I bring it up is because the last time I was at Point Defiance, I remember there being, and we're going back to the 90s now, but I remember 
a walrus being in the same enclosure and they had an artificial rock there that was sort of plateaued and there was a seal that had had enough of the walrus <laughs> however they were interacting and and the seal jumped up on this rock and just wanted to have a few minutes to himself or herself. And the walrus saw this, took a big mouthful of water and spat a trajectory of water right onto the seal. And all of us standing around, there may have been a hundred or more of us there, the roar of laughter and just the sense of, oh my gosh, that's so much like the way we humans act in our own way. It just really grabbed everybody. And I thought, man, if only they'd come up with some way you could hold a phone that maybe had a video and you could go take a picture of this kind of stuff. I did say it was back in the 90s. Today, I'm sure a lot of that goes on with or without the spitting walrus. <laughs> that, was, that was one of those amazing moments. Oh, I wish I grabbed that. Or, or if I could remember it, and I can't draw worth a hoot, but if I could actually reproduce that, it would be perfect. It was just so zoo and aquarium. It was so in the moment. Everybody was delighted. So another experience that I witnessed recently that's similar to that is our Lar Gibbons were sharing a, a space with our Anoa, um, which, uh, and so the Anoa is the first time they met and the Gibbons were looking at each other, kind of daring each other, who's going to touch the Anoa first, who's going to do it. And so finally one swung down and just touched it on the butt. And you could tell they were just so, so courageous and brave and proud of themselves for going down and touching it and kind of, they, they just got braver and braver as the day went on. And it was really fun to see. The animal kingdom up close and personal. Uh -huh. I just love that. As we close here, Tessa, I did want to ask you, because I just think I, we need to be responsible about this. When people come to Zoo Lights, when, when during this time of the pandemic, they come to visit, what are your protocols? So under Washington State's um, current rules for events, people are required to wear masks indoors and outdoors um, over the age of five. So masks will be required the entire time. Um, and we you know, encourage social distancing. We do have limited tickets. And so tickets are online. You need to buy your tickets online ahead of time before you come. And that's just to ensure, like I said, that social distancing. Good policy. You're concerned about public health, and thank you for that. Tessa Miller, Media Relations Coordinator at the Point Defiant Zoo and Aquarium. I have loved visiting with you today, as briefly as it has been. I want to get out there sometime, and when I do, I'm going to knock on your door. I would love to meet you personally. Please do. I'd love that. Thanks for having me. Thank you, and thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to American Road Trip Talk, along with Thomas and Becky Rep, co-founders of American Road Magazine. We remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview the current issue. Until next time, dream well and drive safely on the American Road. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures detailed in each magazine with all your itinerary. We could just jump in the car with your family and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life. Please get a copy of American Road and start your own adventure.